Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima Laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic-grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at-home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin, and now... This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben & Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. What is the true impact of stress and fatigue on aging, recovery, and metabolism? And how can we reverse the negative effects of stress? That's what today's guest, Genoa Van Keekum, is here to discuss. Genoa is a meditation coach and founder of two businesses, Mind Maverick and the Momentum Lifestyle Project. And Genoa takes a slightly different approach to his coaching than most of the purists you see in this space, and he's not your average meditation teacher. In fact, don't call him a guru. We'll find out why coming up next. But first, Food Heals Nation, I love beauty products as much as the next girl. And I know if you're like me, you're looking for high performance beauty and skincare products made with clean skin loving ingredients. I love everything vegan. I love everything cruelty free, especially just watching 
everything in the news going on with beagles these days. You know, they are an animal that many companies test on, which breaks my heart because I've had beagles my whole life, first Charlotte, then Lily. And so when I'm looking at products, I got to know that they are cruelty-free. That is why I love Thrive Cosmetics. And Cause, C-A-U-S-E, is in the name for a reason, because every purchase supports organizations that help communities thrive. So... I'm kind of a minimalist when it comes to makeup, but I love long, luscious eyelashes. And that's why I'm really obsessed with the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. This mascara is their best-selling product. It has over 20,000 five-star reviews. It's super lengthening. It kind of looks like you're wearing um, lash extensions. Um, It really opens your eyes and makes them pop. It lasts all day. There's no clumping, no smudging, no flaking, no dripping down your face. You know, I live in Nashville heat. It's super humid here. And there are some makeup brands that I cannot wear here because the humidity liquefies them and then makes me look like a, you know, not, it's not cute. Let's just say that. So thank God for Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara by Thrive Cosmetics. And if you're not an eyelash girl, I definitely also recommend checking out some of their other products like the Liquid Balm Lip Treatment. This is a lip serum that you leave on and it nourishes and restores dull, dehydrated lips, makes them plump and smooth and glossy, and it helps with fine lines for soft, supple lips. They've also got the beautiful Brilliant Eye Brightener, which is a cream to powder highlighting stick that brightens and opens up the eyes, giving you an instant eye lift. Helps you look like you've had plenty of restful sleep, even if you haven't. So if you want to glow, get your glow on. Go to thrivecosmetics.com slash food heals and you'll get 15% off your first order. It's a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. And don't forget about their bigger than beauty mission for every product purchase. Thrive Cosmetics donates to help communities thrive. And they have over 300 giving partners across the country supporting causes that matter. So again, go to Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-S dot com slash food heals and get 15% off your first order. Next up, my interview with Genoa. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. All right, Food Heals Nation, please welcome Genoa Van Keekum to the show. <laughs> Genoa, I'm so glad to have you. Thanks, Allison. Really looking forward to chatting. Me too. So, you are the mind maverick. You've got a couple of different businesses. You do a lot, as do I, but you're really focused on helping people get really present. And you say, if you're after a robe wearing a guru, you're in the wrong place. So <laughs> tell me about that. Tell me about who you are and what you do. <laughs> that, that, um, that little sort of intro there, it really stems from one of the, the main drivers for me actually entering the space of becoming a meditation teacher and a coach. And, and the reason why is when I first, like before I started doing any of this work, I was the, I was a skeptic. I thought it was all ridiculous, Mm -hmm. all bunch of woo woo bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And so I was really, really not open to it. And then, you know, you might every now and then see a post or a picture or video. And often it came from people who, who, who fit the stigma that I'd created around what it means to be, a meditator or a guru or, or a coach or into personal development and I always had this really unrelatable kind of picture in my mind and there were often it was people who were you know dressed in robes or you know living lives like these perfect lives and I was like well that's not relevant to me at all and it almost a it wasn't overly attractive because that life for me 
I didn't want to become a monk living on a mountain wearing a robe and suddenly stop right. you know, and, and stop doing all the things that I enjoy doing. And, and, and so for me, I looked around at a lot of people I was like in my friend group and my network and maybe 5% of them that I knew of would have been involved in some kind of personal development or meditation. And it was really, really low. And I was like, what? well, they've probably got the same idea that I have on this, this space. And so when I studied to become a, you know, I first studied meditation was the first thing I studied as I sort of entered this whole realm, a big thing. I was like, I want to stay like rough around the edges. So I still swear and I drink and you know all these things and I'm still very much me uh, as opposed yeah. to this sort of purest healed, you know, found myself kind of uh, person. And not to take away from people who, who who operate in that way. It's just this is my way of, of being and I feel it. it works for people who are the skeptics and who are a bit unsure and, and, and find this space even intimidating in some ways. Yeah. And it, it makes you so much more relatable. And I actually went through something very similar when I started Food Heal seven years ago. You know, I'm looking at how am I branding myself? Who am I, you know, in this space? And um, I, I first was going to brand myself with this other name and it was The Natural Chick. And I was mm. like, that's so me. That's so hip. But guess what? That conjured up ideas of like, girls drinking tea and Birkenstocks and no offense to those women, but that was not me. I wear high heels and drink wine. And so <laughs> I had to like make sure that I was still being myself and showing my true personality. Cause I think it is more relatable to be like, so for me, it was like, I want to share nutrition, health and wellness, and you can be super healthy. You can work out and you can drink your green juice, but you can also have your glass of wine. You can also go out and have fun. You can, it's not restriction. It's just adding in more good things so that you can live a better life all around with all of the things things that you enjoy doing. So it sounds like we've gone through similar things. And so when you were coming up with how you were going to help people, tell me about that process. And what was the journey like that got you from, well, I'm a skeptic, I'm a partier, but now I'm seeing things differently to where you are now. Absolutely. As this, I'm not going to say guru. So you tell me <laughs> the proper word maverick perhaps is the proper word. <laughs> yeah. That was a bit more relaxed way of, uh, and a bit of a fun way of, of talking about what I do. So for me, it was spending the majority of my life going through things like anxiety. I actually didn't realize I had anxiety. So when I was experiencing wanting to vomit, for example, before going on a date or before big games of sport, I didn't know that was anxiety. I thought that was normal, right? And and, and so all these things that I experienced and, uh, and I never felt like I was at my best. I always felt like my mind was so overly negative and would really overthink and I thought it was just me and I was I just gonna push through this. And I accepted it as the norm. And I just went through life and went through uni and did the things and you know got my job and blah blah blah. And and I always had this deeper knowing I'm like, there's gotta be more. This is this isn't it, is it? And but also I was very much still in the the, the world of wanting to fit in and be normal. And so I didn't, wasn't even open to something outside of my, my definition of, of normal. And so it was actually my, my, the gateway drug, I suppose, for me into the work was meditation. And it was via meeting people who were normal, quote unquote. So they actually owned a bar and a restaurant and they had a PR company and he used to own a, a vodka label. And I was like, oh, these people are cool and they're creative and they still eat, you know, they still eat all the fun things and do all the fun things and, and, and drink the wine. And I was like, oh, these are my kind of people. And they normalize, right. the, they normalize the idea of meditation and, and doing the work on yourself as, a, as more of a performance 
idea as opposed to becoming all woo-woo and airy-fairy and losing your edge. And so that was that was what shifted for me. And I was like, wow. And then when you start having conversations with people at a deeper level beyond how was your day? Good. How's work? Good. You know, when you start having deeper conversations with people that you know and, and people around you and, and people that become a client, so I realized that the things that I was experiencing, almost everyone is experiencing and they kind of just often pushing through thinking that's just how life is and accepting it to an extent and accepting a lot of discomfort and, and holding back from a lot of things they might want to do because of the, the challenges we're facing. And so I was like, wow, how could I bring this in a different way to people who, who need it and show that it's not, doesn't mean you're broken um, if you're struggling with anxiety or negative thought, whatever it is, and really normalize um, more simple ways to help us have a better experience of, of lives. And the idea of the sort of the maverick way is a, is a mind that is free of the things we now deem as normal stress, mm. negative thoughts, you know, low self-worth, anxiety, all these things are now seen as, you know, having bad sleep, you know, just pushing through, you know, just because life is hard. Like these are all the old, old ways a lot of us think and we just accept it and go through life and mind's like, no, no, let's, let's see ways that we can help free our minds from these really restrictive patterns and, and ways of operating. And so that was sort of the, the approach I, I, I use and, with a diff- few different modalities, but meditation was the leader um, into that for me. And then it kind of was like, wow, this whole new world of <laughs> of um, things you can delve into. There's so many things now. Yeah. Well, I love that journey and I've been on a similar one, so I can certainly relate to this story. I know a lot of uh, Food Heals listeners can as well. And there was a, a really funny um, Instagram slash Twitter going around recently. And it was like, girl to therapist. Uh, no, therapist asked the girl, like, are you experiencing feelings of depression or anxiety? And the patient says, yeah, of course. Isn't everyone? And the therapist says, no. Yes. And it's funny because <laughs> it's totally relatable, but it's also like, we don't have to live like this and not everyone does. Mm. And so to be able to get to a point where I'm not saying we have to all live stress-free and anxiety-free because people are going to cut you off in traffic. Someone's going to upset you. Life happens. Mm. But how are we in the moment when it happens? And what are the tools that we have to stay in a good headspace? Like, okay, go cry it out or get mad for a minute, but then what are you going to do with that? What are the tools that you have? And so you, for example, you talk about meditation and mindfulness and you say, those are two different things, but they're Mm. both tools in our toolbox when it comes to like all this stuff, right? So I would love to hear more about what you mean when you say like, okay, let's talk about what meditation is, what mindfulness is, when those tools come into play and how they're different. Mm, It's a really good, um, point there because a lot of people will always swap in meditation and mindfulness like oh you're doing you mindfulness teacher right i'm like well i use mindfulness as a tool and it's it's Mm. it's 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 often quite um confusing and so the way i look at it as meditation is a specific practice that induces an altered state now Mm. under the banner of meditation there are also lots of different types so similar to exercise right right You, you you know everyone knows they should be exercising but the style of exercise that you do depends on you and what you like and what you want to get out of it. And similar to, to meditation, there are lots of different styles of meditation. So a lot of people, you know, there's the apps that you see out there. There are meditations where you will focus on maybe your breath or the flame or the end of your nose, or you might 
um, contemplate on an idea or uh, you might do a visualization. These are all different styles and they're active practices where we induce a slightly different uh, state. Now, all meditation as a byproduct will um, cause some kind of level of mindfulness. Now, mindfulness is more of a, it's about being in the present, right? It's really quite, quite simple. Like being mindful is around being in the present and it stems more specifically from the Buddhist philosophy where most of our suffering comes from our speculation of the future, the anxiety, reliving the past, that's those depressive, the what ifs, and then attachment to external desire. So this is how things need to be for me to be happy. And the concept here yeah. is that when you are just in the moment, like right here, right now, whether it's having this amazing glass of wine and smelling it and tasting it and enjoying it or having a conversation with someone and you're really enthralled in the in the conversation and you're literally actually engaged in the conversation, ask them questions and, and or maybe you're out surfing and all you can think about is catching that amazing next wave. Like you are in the moment. And often people yeah. go, oh, this, you know, when I feel, I, I med- my meditation is when I go for a run or when I cook, when I'm cooking. And I would argue those activities aren't meditation, but they are activities that cause you to be ultimately in the present moment. So you are mindful of just what you're doing right here and right now. And what you'll notice is when you're in those states, there is a lot less suffering. Even if it's just for a fleeting few minutes, there's often a moment of sort of space and, and peace when we are mindful. And so the way I use meditation is as a daily practice. So you learn a, a to, uh, type of meditation. I, I specialize in in um, using mantras and in how I how I teach meditation. But meditation I see is a daily practice that you do, like exercise. You just do it mm-hmm. regardless whether you're feeling amazing or whether you're feeling terrible. Now, mindfulness is something that I look at trying to integrate into your day like as much as you can. So having mindful moments, like when you're having a cup of coffee in the morning, are you having a cup of coffee while talking to someone, while half on your phone, while trying to check emails, while thinking about what you're going to do today? Like that's scatter mind. That's not mindful. Or can you be mindful and just yeah. have your cup of coffee? Does that make sense? And you can do that in every single thing you do throughout your day. So that's sort of how I sort of separate them as both both really powerful things to integrate into your life. And I think, um, you know, give us your advice on how to get there. If you're like, I don't even know how to do that. For me, it's appreciation. So like the Mm. other day I was driving in my car and I was like, all right, there's traffic, but how can I just be really present in this moment? And I was like, you know what? I am so grateful for this car. This car drove me across the country Mm. last year or yeah, a year and a half ago. She's still running. She has never had an issue as long as I've seen her and she takes me to all the places I want to go. And it may sound cheesy, but oh my God, I get flooded with how like happy I am because I always had lemons my whole life I always had cars that would break down even new cars okay I always got the lemons and this <laughs> car has been going strong for so long and has driven me to so many amazing places I'm just like wow I am so grateful for this car and that's kind of my mindfulness is like grateful mm. appreciation just being really present um and just recognizing like I can't get out of this current traffic situation I could get mad about it or I could go into I'm here and I'm really grateful to be here because this car is amazing, right? Mm. So tell me about your mindfulness. How do you get into it? That's just an example of how I kind of see myself getting into it. Yeah, well, you know, following on from that, there's the there's the mental in terms of when you notice yourself going down that thought is to question it and go, well, is this 100% true? What other realities are there? And that in a sense will create some awareness and presence in terms of, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize here that I keep going down these negative thought spirals and to be honest, it's not actually 
totally true. Like I have had some good cars, you know, or I, I have had some yeah. good experiences or, uh, and the first thing is to sort of put a wedge and challenge the thought and that'll increase some awareness, be more mindful of the nature of your thoughts and help you to, you know, shift and redirect them in, in real time. Another way which I think is really, really powerful and probably easier for a lot of people is to practice getting into the body, right? So if you think about it, most of our suffering is is um, a byproduct of our minds. Now, when we are in our bodies, this is the, the, the place that can really ground us. So for example, what that looks like is you might be driving and notice yourself off somewhere, blah, blah, go through your senses or focus on one single thing. It's like, what can I, you know, what can I smell right now? Mm, what can I hear? Like, what are, the, what are all the sounds going right now? It's like, I can hear the car, I can hear the radio, you know, there's some birds outside. You can go through each one of your senses. What can I taste? What can I feel? Like, and that is a really, or you can do a body scan, you know, like literally from head to toe, just slowly breathing in and out from head down to, you know, your eyes, to your jaw, is your jaw tense? Is it clenched? Oh, okay, my shoulder's up. Yep, well, it's dropped them down. And notice there, all your awareness starts coming into the right now and just into your body. Now, the other th- really powerful thing about getting into the body is the way our bodies process stress is by feeling. And because we spend so much time up in our heads, thinking, trying to solve our way through things, we don't allow ourselves to feel. And so we'll actually hold on to and accumulate the stress and tension in our bodies. So they're really, really powerful ways to get us into the present get us into the now and get us into our bodies to shift us away from some of those um, not so desirable thought patterns. All right, Food Heals Nation, I'm here with May Steigler, the founder and CEO of Organifi, who's passionate about redefining personal well-being. All right, May, they say beauty starts from within. What can we take internally to have brighter, glowing skin from the inside out? What you got? I love this. Our bodies are magical, incredibly powerful things. And really, when we give our bodies the right nutrition, the right resources, it can do incredible things like keep our skin vibrant and glowing naturally. So really importantly, what I love is focusing on food and superfoods and adaptogens that support vitamin C levels in the body. This is a natural way to boost collagen production. You know, the wild part with them, a lot of collagen education being made more popular these days is that our bodies naturally produce collagen. As we age, we produce less naturally, unfortunately. And so it's really important and more so as we get older to, to support our bodies more directly by including foods that are naturally rich in vitamin C. Uh, something that I absolutely love is in our Glow product, we have a natural source of vitamin C from Acerola cherry. And it's a really, really great way to boost your body's ability to create skin supporting and and definitely glowing and beauty support uh, collagen along with bamboo silica. And this is something you can get in a lot of different foods, Um, not that easily, but it's a really nice way to uh, support collagen synthesis. Those are kind of my two favorites that are included in in our glow and something that you can supplement with along with aloe vera, another really, really key superfood and adaptogen that I, I love supporting my natural ability to produce collagen. I love that. And I love how these are all food based products, because as you know, I believe that food heals. So these are perfect for me. 
what I love about Glow is that it's like a light, refreshing raspberry lemonade, perfect for a summer's day. And um, it's something that I'll take to the pool or I'll sit and sip outside on my porch. I've done some Instagram videos of myself doing that. And Glow is just such a great product. So Food Heals Nation, go to OrganifiShop.com slash Food Heals. Get your glow on. You'll get 20% off your order. Plus, at that site will always be whatever amazing discounts or specials Organifi is running and have given us access to as members of Food Heals Nation. May, thank you so much for answering that question today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And so when it comes to mindfulness, it sounds like it's something and, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something you cra- you can practice moment to moment throughout your daily life. Yep. What does your meditation practice look like in terms of like, okay, is it um, guided meditation? Is it I get quiet? Is it because for me, I know it's very hard for most of my clients and friends and family to get super quiet and not you know, they, they, I guess they, what I'm trying to say is they have this misconception that it means I have to sit there with my arms, you know, in, in a mudra and sit there in silence and, and get control my thoughts and get rid of them. And I'm like, no, I literally lay down with a guided meditation and I let it take me on a journey. And that's what works for me. What works for you? And what do you recommend people start with when it comes to meditation? Yeah. So I kind of call myself a big part of what I'm actually doing is trying to get people off the apps. So I look at apps as like the gateway again, like it sort of gives you a taste because they're really cheap, they're accessible, you know, someone's talking you through it and maybe there's some music or whatever and they're a really great place to start. However, from uh, my experience, and this is just personally and then the people that I work with, often the apps, they sort of get you to a point, but then it's like, oh, I'm not really, maybe the the guy's voice or girl's voice annoys you a bit. That's what my experience was. I was like, I can't have this (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, all right, you know, and empty your mind of the day. And I was like, now you've made me think more. Thanks very much. Like, or whatever it was. And, and I'd almost have these battles with someone or they're trying to, they'd be like, oh, and visualize this. And I, I'd disappear somewhere about my day. Like, oh no, I miss after visualization. Where am I, to, am I meant to be now in the jungle? Or am I on a river? Like, it was just kind of funny. No. Like, <laughs> I was like, damn. And so that this was, is so <laughs> relatable, by the way. <laughs> you know, I'd come in like, oh damn, but I missed the important bit of the visualization. It's not going to work now. And so it actually, for me, it was really, really challenging. And so what I learned is a technique. I studied Vedic, which is the, so the Vedic philosophy is um, arguably one of the oldest bodies of, of knowledge. And it's all stemmed from India. And it's the it's the home knowledge of like yoga, for example, and um, Ayurvedic medicine and, and, and things like that. So that's the, the philosophy that I studied. And the meditation that uh, I work with from that knowledge is based around mantras. So it's very different to all the apps out there. And so the idea here is that you become self-sufficient because we're also we're so attached to technology and we're so reliant on being guided or other people for so many other things. My whole philosophy is I teach you and I give you these a mantra to work with, which is just a sound vibration. So it's not like an affirmation, i.e., you know, I am beautiful and, and powerful. That's an affirmation. A mantra is more a sound vibration like um, for example, right? And so the idea is that I actually teach people how to meditate over, you know, a, a few weeks. And once they've learned, they never have to see me again. And the idea here is that you can meditate anytime, anywhere, sitting however you need to sit. Uh, it can be in the front seat of your car quickly with your eyes closed. You know, it can be on a park bench. Can, I used to meditate in the bus on the way to work. You know, you can do it anywhere and you don't have to have your phone. You don't have to have your ear, earphones, your earpods, and you become fully self-sufficient. And because there's less, you're trying to do a lot less. You're not trying to listen to someone or trying to create a visual. 
it actually allows your body to get deeper levels of, of rest. And this is the really, really powerful when it comes to recovery uh, for the body and processing stress for the body. So the way I meditate is twice a day, pretty routine. So every morning I meditate for about 20 minutes in the morning as part of morning routine, like regardless. And then the second meditation, I do another 20, 15 minutes, depending on my time, sometime in the afternoon as a my little afternoon recharge. So that's my practice and, and, and how I use it as, as opposed to the, the apps. Great. And um, what is what are some of the benefits that I know that, you know, you can Google this meditation has so many benefits, but for you personally, what are the benefits you've seen in your life with mm. using meditation? So the biggest thing for me is my ability to like anxiety isn't a thing anymore uh, for me. Wow. Yeah, that's like, huge. Yeah. I, it's not even a, an issue. Uh, and uh, my ability to handle challenges and stressful situations, as you said before, you know, life still happens, but I deal with it so much better. Another huge one is my awareness. So I used to have my, I, I realized how far my head was at my own ass for quite a long time. <laughs> and then after, <laughs> after a while of meditating, I was like, oh, I can be a bit of an asshole here, or I can be very narrow minded and very, uh, unaccepting and, and and all these things and I was like oh and so it really helped me to start challenging and seeing a different way of how I operate and how I see things and how I can accept other opinions and try new things and so to be honest one of the hugest shifts for me is also around my relationships with people I even asked my <laughs> my parents at one stage I was like oh so because with meditation it's often a lot more of a subtle experience as opposed to like a big pow like wow, I'm healed, I've hit this peak experience. It's, it's often a gradual, subtle um, shift over time. And I remember after a while, I was like, oh, I think it stopped working. I, was, I just sit there and mm. say this mantra and think a bit and blah, blah, blah. And so I remember asking my parents, one of my uh, teachers, like, ask people close to you what they think. So I said, oh, do you think I've changed much? And you can guess that their response was pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty clear that, yes, I had. And yes, they like me much better now that I meditate. But also it just shifted the way. I engage um, and how I'm able to see things for what they are and see situations uh, like I see things a lot bigger, if that makes sense, as opposed to coming from a place of like ego and, and judgment and just serving me and, and small self. So that's probably one of the been the most profound ones for me. And then also just my ability, like my creativity and work, what I'm able to look at, the way I, the way I do things within my businesses. And also I feel like I'm actually, since I've started meditating, I actually feel and look better now than I did, you know, eight years ago. I remember looking at photos and I was like, oh, how does that work? I look better now. I'm 36 and I look better than I was in my late 20s. You know, because also you make different lifestyle choices because when you're in a state of stress, your decision-making is very, very different. It's all very short-term and it's all very based on old patterns and it's all very based on just following what everyone else is doing. And so also my decision-making has shifted to make decisions that are more conducive to healthier and expansive life so it's sort of there's a few different levels but they're the the biggest ways that i've noticed it um impact me i love when you said anxiety isn't a thing for me anymore i think that is like huge for so many people that it could be that simple um and i'm not saying it's simple it will take time to get there of course but it could be that simple to start incorporating a practice like this into your life for a few minutes a day one to two times a day start start easy, go easier on yourself, start slow, mm. and then start seeing 
with the benefits that you're getting because like anxiety is huge for so many people and this society is completely over medicating and mm. overcompensating. And, you know, so I just love that this approach can be gentle and I don't want to simplify it and say simple, but not that hard as people tend to think it is just like we used to think, Oh, this is too woo woo for us. Mm. Yeah. It's not hard. It's that, not it actually yeah. it is simple. <laughs> no, you're actually, you're right. If, and if you are, give the time to learn properly from someone or do a proper course, whatever it is, it's, it is actually really simple. And it's not about having this crazy state where you're empty and blissful and whatever. Like I'm, I've been meditating for almost a decade and I still sit there and think through meditation. I have my mantra. I think I disappear. Sometimes I have a little nap if I'm tired and I'll come out of it. Like they're all valid parts of meditation because your body's just doing deep processing of whatever it needs to do. Uh, and yeah. you know what I mean? It, it's, it actually is a lot more simple than people realize because often I feel there's a lot of potential, like, you know, um, monks or gurus who are so experienced. The languaging isn't, isn't relative, but they probably can clear their mind. <laughs> but I'm not a, I don't know about you, but I'm not a monk and I still can't clear my mind on, um, on demand. So. Um, I love this conversation and I want to talk about something that you are very passionate about. And it's something that I actually did start randomly getting into recently. And I realized I had done it before, but under a different name. So I was mm. at uh, the university. Yes, there's all the, it's semantics, right? Some of these <laughs> things are the same practices or come from the same psychology principles or whatever you might have you. But anyways, I've never talked about this on the show with this term. So let me tell you what it is. So I went to the University of Santa Monica for grad school, where you basically get a degree in learning to love yourself. It's all mm. about getting rid of trauma, meditation, self-love, forgiveness, right? And we learned a lot of the work of um, Carl Jung. Mm. And um, one of the things that we learned about was, I don't know what the term was, but was the same thing of what we call, of what you call, shadow work. So I would love to hear from you. What is shadow work and what are some ways that we can practice this? I know I just got a journal, a shadow work journal. So what are some things that we can do? First start with what it is before I get ahead of myself and then we'll go into the practice of it. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm learning as I delve deeper and deeper into it is that shadow work is probably one of the most far reaching underlying um, causes of most of the a lot of the challenging experiences we have in, in, in life on this now, the more I'm delving into, I'm like, wow, this is huge. And so the fundamental of it is, is that, you know, looking at people want like, loving yourself and self-worth and all these things, when you start delving into it as a, as a person, a holistic person, we have all these different characteristics and, and, and urges and desires and things that are part of our makeup. And as you notice as a child, right, we will express a lot of these quite openly. And then over time, we develop a bit of a conditioning around, well, what is lovable? What is acceptable? What are the behaviors and characteristics that are conducive to your survival, i.e. being fed and loved and accepted by parents and friend groups? And then we watch movies and the news and religion it plays a huge, huge part of this as well, right? What is acceptable and, yeah. and, and not? And so what we learn is, is like, oh, okay, so if I'm happy, and generous and smiley, I am a good girl or a good boy and I get accepted and this helps me be part of the crew. But when I when I was jealous and when I was angry, I was told I shouldn't be jealous and shouldn't be angry. So that they're the parts of me that I 
shouldn't show. And so what happens over time is we accumulate these shadow parts of us that we keep in the dark because we are ashamed of expressing them because yuck who wants to date the person who's jealous or who wants to be around the guy who's who's angry or the 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 girl who's always crying like who cries and so what we then learn is that there are parts of us that are not okay and we've got to hide them and it ends up being something that we do unconsciously and they they stay in the unconscious realms now the problem is here is that they are parts of us as a whole we can't just choose to be like oh i'm just this happy fun person and so what happens is these it parts- only lasts so long let me <laughs> right, tell you i tried right? <laughs> yeah right and i've done the same this, this nice people pleasing guy I've, I've, I've experienced that and what we what we find is that there are a few ways that this comes out one is we project it onto others so the things about others that really trigger us that really fire us up are most likely a projection of the shadow part of us that we have suppressed that our ego is projecting on someone else to protect ourselves it's like that's that's their that's their stuff and we judge them based on that right and for in a lot of cases it's literally our own shit that we're hiding and the ego's creating an identity that we need to show up as to fit in in the world and this doesn't fit into it so we're gonna we're gonna put it over there and when we start looking at it like that it's like wow because you know you'll have some people some people's behavior will really, really trigger you and not someone else. That's because maybe that characteristic isn't part of their shadow. Maybe they've, they're more aware of it or they've actually been able to express it in a, in a healthier way. Right. Another way that it shows up is, and this is where it becomes dangerous, is say you you know, anger or some quirky desire that you have gets suppressed. Often what will happen is it'll build up, the pressure will build up over time and it'll come out uncontrollably. Right. This is right. when people behave in extreme ways because they've suppressed this part of themselves for so long, and it's like, get me the fuck out. Right. It needs to. It needs to be mm-hmm. expressed. And so, what that means is that then we behave in ways that are, you know, those. You have these moments where you might say something or do something like, oh, that wasn't me, or you know, that, that wasn't quite myself. I don't know where that came from. That is right. your shadow expressing itself because you haven't allowed it to be part of you and expressed it in a in a healthier way. And then there's another level of it again, which. Um, there are some um, concepts that delve into all being heavily tied with sexuality and there are a lot of like darker desires that we have that again we are told to be you know just for conversation say you know maybe that you know getting tied in a gimp mask and being spanked for some people is like no that is so bad you know but then who tell that's what society tell, tells us is is wrong and that we might have certain desires that might be being treated badly or whatever it is that is this dark shadow part of us that's there and if we don't shine light on it and allow ourselves to accept that part of us and maybe talk to someone about it or, or journal it and and not have judgment or shame around ourselves for that, it can take it away. Or what will also happen is we'll actually call in those experiences in our life um, to, to fulfill that deeper, darker desire. So there's a few different levels that we can um, go with it. And in terms of what then to to do about it, the first thing to start doing, it's all about really awareness and, and acceptance. That's the first first big step around it, right? And you've, you've already started that with your, you know, your, your journaling. It's like, well, okay, what are, what are some of the things that I've been feeling? Like actually today when I was around, you know, my partner was chatting this person, I felt really jealous and I felt this, like, write it out. It's okay. Like it's okay to have this experience and put it down and not judge yourself for being a disgusting human for it. But it's like, okay. And then, start looking into go, what was it about that that made me jealous 
oh, mate, it was this actually and, and blah, blah. Okay, cool. And it starts taking away its power. Or I remember having a conversation to one of my coaches once where I was talking, it was something in a relationship. And because in the past, I used jealousy because that's something that I can um, relate to in, in the past. And I said, oh, I can tend to get treated into, into jealousy. And she's like, have you ever thought of just telling your partner this? And I was like, what? Hmm. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> right? And I was like, oh, and it never even dawned on me that I could put out into the light this dark, dirty part of me, right? And funnily enough, the next girl that I was sort of dating, like she said, oh, just so you know, like this isn't a big thing, but you know, when in, in the past I've had partners who've behaved in these ways and it sort of triggered a bit of jealousy within me and I just want to share that with you and blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, really, thanks so much for letting me know. And I was like, and it took yeah. the sting out of it. And funnily enough, jealousy wasn't a thing in that relationship with her. It was really subtle. And so the big part of it is around us learning to accept these parts of ourselves, be aware of them, and then finding ways to express them healthily. So if it's anger, there's anger, maybe to do some somatic release or maybe to go you know, jump in the ocean and scream underwater or punch a pillow, you know, do some breath work. There are, so that the first part is what really start to um, think about and journal on what are some of these de- maybe desires or characteristics about yourself or look at are there people in your life that trigger the hell out of you and what are the characteristics and then look at, okay, cool, where does that fit into me? How can I see that as something that I've repressed or seen as unhealthy or had experience in the past where I've been told that's not okay. Um, so a big part of it is around self-awareness and self-compassion. And if you truly want to be able to love yourself holistically, not just the parts that we're told we should show, this is the, this is the piece. This is the missing piece of the puzzle. And everyone has a shadow. So yeah, that's sort of a, uh, a quick little overview of, of, of how, um, how I see shadow work. Heels Nation, I don't know about you, I don't know how we got here, but fall is right around the corner and you know what that means, cooler weather, time to put on some layers, all the fun fall flavors. It's like a mini reset. It's a new season, right? And every time there's a new season, I'm usually assessing my current wellness routines, what's serving me, what isn't serving me, what can I let go of, what can I add to aid me in my wellness journey. That's where some bucol comes in. I recently got some sim products, including the black elderberry syrup. And I've been taking it in the morning to support my immune system so I can keep doing what it is that I need to do every day. It's just this easy and simple act of self-care that I can do without much effort. It tastes good. It's easy to use daily. And you can even add it into smoothies, into drinks, anything that you're making in the morning. So you could do two tablespoons of Sambucal's black elderberry syrup to your favorite green smoothie. It's sweet, it's delicious, and it adds an extra kick of immune support. Sambucol is made from premium European black elderberries, which are just a natural source of powerful antioxidants and key vitamins like A, C, and E. I call them nature's superberries, and they help support a healthy immune system so you can keep on doing what it is that you love to do. For me, it's travel. I can get on those planes, and I can fly away, and I can you know, not sleep as much, but I'm super boosting my immune system, and I'm able to do what I love to do and stay healthy while I do it. The syrup is the original product, and it's super versatile in the kitchen. They also have chewable tablets, gummies, powders, capsules, however you like to take your vitamins, there's an option for you. All of the products are vegan. Uh, The only exception is the throat lodges, 
lozenges, excuse me, they have honey. So just be careful about that. But they are all gluten-free, dairy-free, nut and soy-free, no artificial colors or flavors. And don't worry, moms and dads, they have products made just for kids and babies too. So check them out, put them in your smoothies like I do, take them on your trips and super boost your immune system no matter what you're doing. And my listeners, Food Heals Nation, you can get 15% off your next order of $9.99 or more at sambucolusa.com using my promo code FOODHEALS15 at checkout. So sambucol, S-A-M-B-U-C-O-L-U-S-A.com. Use the promo code FOODHEALS15. While you're there, you can check out the blog and you can get some amazing recipes that you can make with the Sambucol syrup. And they have ones from simple smoothies to mocktails to healthy vegan baked goods. That's something I need to try next. I will report back. Don't forget to use the code FOODHEALS15 to get 15% off your order of $9.99 or more. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a great overview and obviously you and I could talk about this for hours. I feel like I have so much to say. I'll make a couple of quick points, but I want to get to um, your meditation course and how you can help people who are like, well, what do I do now? Mm. You've got the answer. (laughs) But uh, really quick, I'll just say I I did learn about these concepts in school um, psychology uh, master's degree. And basically the things I learned were mind blowing at the time. They feel obvious now, but mm. this was, I don't know, 10 years ago. So I remember when I woke up to these concepts and they're very simple. Like a few of them are, all right, if someone is doing something to hurt you, you remember hurt people, hurt people. So it doesn't mean you have to accept their behavior and stay in the relationship but you can have compassion for mm-hmm. that person because they are reacting out of their own hurt. And on the other side, if you are holding judgment against someone else, or you have that jealousy, that anger, whatever it might be, we're just holding a judgment against ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if we do the work to go back through, well, what is that really? Why am I really mad at that person? What, what am I really judging about them that I'm holding against myself? Maybe I was picked on as a kid in the playground and I never dealt with it. I just shut it. I just pushed it down. I never dealt with it. Or maybe mom or dad or sister or brother or friend said something that stung me and changed my thought process, created misbeliefs that I'm now never handled. I've never forgiven that person. I've never realized that oh my gosh, this is something I'm holding against myself until I realize that and release it. I'm going to hold it against others. And that's where judgment comes from. And so I think this work is so important. And I also think, again, just like meditation and mindfulness, it may not be as hard as people think. And it doesn't mean going into therapy and crying every day uh, until you're out of tears, right? And, Mm. And reliving this situation over and over. It really means going deep within and going, well, what did I learn from that? And what can I let go of? And who can I forgive? And that's it. And when you figure that out, you start doing it regularly. And it just becomes a practice like mindfulness and meditation. Like I get mad or I get jealous or I get whatever. I see an emotion. I'm like, all right, Ali, let's go back. Okay. You know, you've done a lot of work, but we're never done. I don't think we're ever done healing. So as much work as I've done, as much work as you've done, there's always new things to discover about ourselves. And so I just, I love this conversation. I could talk to you for hours, but I would love to hear more about what you can offer Food Heals Nation or anyone listening who's like, 
all right, I want to go next step. I want this to be easy. I want someone to give me a roadmap. And you have that for them, right, Genoa? Yeah. For me, the first step is to start getting a solid meditation practice to regulate your nervous system because that makes all the other work so much easier. Like if you're doing therapy, mindset hacks, rah, rah, but if your nervous system is so dysregulated and you're heightened, it's really, really difficult to often see impacts from that. So the, the basic would be to learn the meditation course. I have a really simple meditation course called Maverick Meditation, which is teaching you. It gives you a mantra. It takes you step-by-step step how to meditate and actually realize how simple it can be. And then from there, it's a platform to move into whatever tickles your fancy next, whether it's sort of you know more in-depth coaching, shadow work, you know, finding purpose, you know, value stuff. There's a whole different realm we can take. But I always say that's a really, really great first step to take. Okay, so you've got two websites that I've got pulled up here, but let me know, where do we want to send people right now for that? That's mindmaverick.com yeah. slash a, a dot au? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, and then you've also got the momentumlifestyle.com dot au. So let me send people there as well if they want to learn more about you. And I have to ask you this question before we go. <laughs> um, you have meditations or advice for performance and recovery, including hangovers. And as a wino, I kind of need this advice. So <laughs> what is the recovery for hangovers? Because I think that's the one thing that all my holistic cures haven't figured out yet, except just taking all my greens and being mm. like, I won't do it again next time. I'll have more self-control. So what, what do you recommend on that front? <laughs> so funnily enough, um, the last thing you want to do when you're hungover is meditate. But what I've experienced is it's one of the most powerful tools to help me mm -hmm. recover. And the way it works is when you've had a big night on the booze, your quality of sleep is so much lower because alcohol increase, I mean, um, impacts your, your sleep. So you're fatigued. Your body is trying to process toxins. You're also quite likely have been environments that have been quite like more stressful for the body in terms of it's a lot of pressure on the body, energy going along with the stimulus. Maybe it's you're out for out at a big restaurant or partying or whatever it may be. And so what I find it's the extroverted energy yeah. for me. So I'll even have a let's say there are times where I go out and I have one glass of wine or I drink nothing and I have the extroverted hangover because yes. I was talking for hours. There was live music and I'm having a blast. Please don't get me wrong. But the next day I have to have so much more rest and quiet <laughs> vitamins to recover. Yeah. So alcohol or not, there's still a hangover recovery that needs to happen if yes. I'm out. Yes. Okay. So tell me more. Yes. No, 100%. Okay, so you you, no, you're 100% on point. And so what meditation does, and well, the specific style that I work with, working with a mantra is it de-excites the mind and thus the mind and body connect. So it also de-excites the, the body and the nervous system. And what it does is it gets our bodies to deeper states of rest. So what the, the research has shown is that in this style of technique, you can access states of rest up to five times deeper than sleep in terms of your oxygen consumption, body temperature, heart rate, things like that. Now, when our bodies enter this state, we start balancing up and, and getting closer to a state of, of homeostasis. And when our bodies are out of survival mode, out of that stress mode, and in this deep state of rest, our bodies can do what they do best, and that is heal, right? So we can start replenishing um, energy stores. We can start processing some of the stress that we've accumulated from the high energy of the night before. You know, when our bodies are in this state, it can also um, help fast track the process of recovery from um, all the stuff we've put in our system from the night before. And because when you're the next day, you know, you might be trying to like nap on the couch. And it's just half groggy, not good quality sleep. 
this style of meditation is it's like if you do 20 minutes, it can be up to one to two hours worth of, of deep rest. So it's also more efficient in terms of sitting there, eyes closed. And for some reason, out of it, my headache always seems to soften a bit. I don't feel quite as bad. And also those, the blues, because we're also, you know, um, when we meditate, we get a rush of those bliss chemicals um, entering our, our body. And so it also can help us move out of those, the blues that we can experience from, from the night before as well. So, I mean, try it for you. Obviously, I'd say try it for yourself, but now it's one of those things where I, it's just what I do. I literally roll myself up out of bed, close my eyes, meditate for whatever, how long I can do it for, and then get up and, and, and go. And it makes such a difference. <laughs> I know. I love this. I, I'll, I'll do it midday. I, I attend and speak at a lot of conferences, which is super extroverted energy. And sometimes I'll go back to my room at lunchtime or in the afternoon and I can completely shift the energy in just 20 to 30 minutes. And it's when you don't have time for a nap or whatever. And mm. you're just like, okay, I have been on all day and now I have to go back out there and be on again. And for mm. me, that's rough, even though people think I'm extroverted because I'm very, um, I'm, I'm out there. I'm fun. I love making connections. I love introducing people. I love podcasting. I love talking for a living, but I also need time alone and I need to recharge. And so meditation for 20 minutes is one of the best recharges that I know of. So I'm absolutely with you on this. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it's just, now it's not even a question of uh, if I do it, it's more just when. Yeah. Where do you, where do you put it in? Where do you <laughs> squeeze it in? Uh, all right. So you are on Instagram at JanoaVanKeekum.com, J-A-N-O-A-H-V-A-N-K-E-K-E-M. Yes. And uh, okay. And so they can also go to MindMaverick.com.au yep. and they can get your course and connect with you. Anything else that you want to share before we leave? No, I think we uh, covered some uh, some good ground there. But also, yeah, if, if people have got questions like Instagram, you can actually ask me questions. I'm not, I answer my DMs if people have questions, so I'm pretty relaxed with that as well. Perfect. Thank you. Yes, I do that too. That is the best way to communicate. It's so much better than email because yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I suffer from this disease. It's called email overwhelm. So <laughs> my DMs and I'm less overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> oh my gosh, Janela. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. No worries. I enjoyed that chat. You too. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.